Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, let me invite you to come be one, my guest one Sunday soon. Our service begins properly at 1030. Uh, if you aren't local, but maybe looking for a church to attend digitally, you can always attend our service online, our live stream, again, 1030. The easiest way to find us is our YouTube channel, which is calvary316.live or facebook.com slash calvary316. You can be our guest uh, digitally as well. Uh, To learn more about the church, you can visit calvary316.tv. To access our teaching archive, our teaching media, go to c316.tv. Currently, I am teaching uh, through the book of Revelation. The title of the series is Revelation of the King. Uh, looking at what we learn of Jesus, kind of presenting the book um, as being the fifth gospel. It's been a fun series. I encourage you to check that out. Again, calvary316.tv, website, media hub, c316.tv, or join us, our live stream, calvary316.live. I do hope wherever you're listening or however you're listening, whether you're listening one of via one of our amazing radio partners or you're listening on the podcast, uh, I do hope you join, you stay with me over the next hour as we seek to deconstruct the negative perception uh, that the world has of Christians by boldly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. Um, I, I do invite you, if you are, again, listening on radio or the podcast, that you can watch the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, you can watch it uh, via our live stream. We live stream the recording of what you're listening to right now, uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, 8 p.m. every Wednesday night, and so it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm joined uh, not only by Creighton, uh, who's kind of uh, the man behind the machine, uh, but we also have a few guests. Uh, Nick, today we're joined by uh, Derek, and so again, 8 o'clock Wednesday, between the blocks of audio you're listening to, uh, we have conversation um, about the show. Um, Interestingly, uh, even last week, uh, Nick brought up uh, an idea, uh, had kind of an insight into what I was presently talking about that actually caused the show to take a little bit of a right-hand turn um, into some really solid subject matter. And so, again, join us, 8 o'clock, uh, outlawradio.live. Uh, it's how you can watch our YouTube channel. We would encourage you to subscribe. And then our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theradiooutlaw. Uh, we stream YouTube. We also stream uh, on Facebook. So we encourage you to join us. Uh, I want to welcome to the show, uh, Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, welcome. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing out there? How's your week going? It is, uh, it's going pretty good. We're working a lot, you know. Nothing real big has happened in my life. Nothing, nothing real big. Today, uh, we did elect a new president of the United States. Yeah, we Well, sure I guess did. we elected him a few, a few weeks ago, and today he officially became the 46th president. Yeah, he had his inauguration. His, the, the inauguration uh, of, of Joe Biden. Um, it will be very interesting to see how long Joe Biden is in office. I, I do want to say this has nothing to do with the subject matter. I, I wrote this down. Uh, it has nothing to do with the topic of today's episode. But but I did. Um, and again, if you've listened to the show, you understand um, I am disappointed by the outcome of the previous election. Uh, I was a fan of, of, of Donald Trump. Uh, in spite of a lot of his flaws, uh, again, not the perfect messenger, a flawed individual, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Um, policy-wise, I very much agreed with the direction uh, that he was taking our country uh, economically, uh, the, the, uh, the protections of, of, of the First Amendment, of religious freedom, of the Second Amendment, our right to bear arms and protect ourselves. Uh, was a big fan of, of who he's placed on the Supreme Court. Again, I would have much rather had four more years of Donald Trump than, than a Joe Biden presidency. Uh, in a future episode, I'm actually going to talk about the things that I think uh, we can agree with and maybe seek to work together on things concerning Joe Biden's platform um, that as Christians, um, we don't have to be against. Uh, there are certain things we, we should be against. There are other things that I think we can we can seek to find middle ground on. But just today in checking my own heart, you know, the Bible does tell us, doesn't say a lot, Creighton, about our, our politicians um, but one of the things that Paul did say in particular regarding uh, those God has ordained over us is that, that we should do what concerning them? 
Um, I'm not entirely sure of the specific phrasing, but it's basically we should pray for our, exactly. our leaders exactly. because they have been anointed or appointed by God. So regardless, amen. And, and that's to me, like, regardless of how you feel about the election, how you feel about election integrity, whatever your positions, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter at all because Joe Biden is president. Even if he stole the election, God ordained it, God allowed it. And as a result, he is God's anointed over us. Um, as citizens of this country, he is our leader, um, anointed by God, our, the anointed leader. And as a result, uh, even though we might have natural emotions concerning um, his presidency and, and his policies and whatnot, we have an obligation as Christians, not, not just an obligation, but a duty um, to intercede for Joe Biden um, in prayer. And, you know, you know Creighton, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, and we've actually had some episodes about this on the radio show you know, prayer is not about kicking the door of heaven down to influence our will in heaven. Instead, prayer, the purpose of prayer, um, is to do what we can uh, to allow um, heaven to influence our hearts. You know, praying for an elected leader, especially one that we disagree with, um, is beneficial, it's important, it's necessary, because it's God's way of, of working on us. You know, you know what I mean by that? Absolutely. And so... Especially in a, in a place of disappointment, I think it's important that we pray as Christians uh, for Joe Biden. Um, you know, there were wicked kings in Israel, um, uh, wicked kings. I mean, kings that um, were evil men. And God changed their hearts. And God was able to use them to do amazing things. Like, I think of King Manasseh as just one example. You know, you, you read through... I believe it's second Kings and Manasseh was a wicked person, but then you get to the Chronicles and you find out that at the end of his life, he did some really good things and that God, God honored him. Like God can change anyone's heart uh, supernaturally. If God can change Saul, transform him into Paul on the road to Damascus as he's going to kill Christians, um, God can change radically the heart of Joe Biden, of, of Kamala Harris, of Chuck Schumer, of Nancy Pelosi. I mean, nothing is outside of, of the authority, the influence, the power of God. And so we should pray for Joe Biden. And, and I think in future episodes, I want to talk a little bit even more uh, about what we can pray for. Uh, but I'm going I'm to just right from the bat, throw out three things, and then we're going to transition quickly to our topic today. Um, three things that we should immediately start praying for Joe Biden concerning. And, and, and this is not to be a joke. This is not to be funny in any way. This is serious. We should pray for his health. Uh, one of the things that alarmed me about Joe Biden from from the beginning of his campaign was that he just didn't seem uh, to be as sharp as he was. That there seemed to be evidence of of a mental decline, and that's not a that's not an out, outlandish thing to say, is it, Creighton? No, I mean he's getting up to the age where dementia is a thing that you would have to deal with, um, and sometimes those things are rapid onset. Sometimes they take a while, and. And, and even then, there's a reason that we've never had a president ever in office as old as Joe Biden is today, the day he's inaugurated. Like, we've never had, like, he's immediately the oldest person to ever hold the office. He's older than Ronald Reagan was when he left office. And there were all kinds of concerns about just the age of Ronald Reagan and whether or not he, you can have the stamina to effectively carry out the duties of the office at an older age. And this is not ageism. It's just saying that, that I think that there are serious concerns about his health. He's had aneurysms in the past. Um, we should pray uh, that Joe Biden would have the strength and tenacity to, to carry forth the office. It's of, it's just, it's just of no one's benefit uh, for Joe Biden, his cognitive de decline, or, or any of these issues to manifest um, in, in any more drastic. I mean, he has the nuclear football, so we should pray for his health, his vitality, his protection. There's a lot of wackos and in, in, in wing nuts in our culture right now, angry, and we should pray for his safety as well. Secondly, we should pray that he's wise in regards to the counselors around him. And again, we'll talk about this more in future episodes, but it's one of the concerns I have is when you start doing kind of a, a deep dive into the people that Joe Biden has surrounded himself with, I think there's a lot of cause for concern. Again, older age, he's going to rely on his counselors, uh, the people around him. Uh, he's going to lean on them, which means that he needs to surround himself by good people, godly people, people of, of honor and integrity that are smart and bright. And, um, and he needs to choose his counselors wisely. And we should pray uh, that he does this 
and that I would also say just broadly um, that Joe Biden's faith would match his Bible. Joe Biden kind of ran as being a, a, a good Catholic man about being a good Christian. Um, he, he ran on this perspective that he was going to restore the integrity uh, back to the office that has been lost um, over the last four years. Um, the, the, the proof will be in the pudding. Um, at the same time, you know, I don't care if you go to mass every day. Uh, do your positions, are they consistent with what the Bible has to say? And, and just right from the bat, Joe Biden's positions on abortion um, are completely the opposite of, his, of what his faith claims to, to, to present. Anyway, my point is that we should pray that his faith and his Bible would align um, and that God would, would kind of do this work. Creighton, you think, again, not a bad place to start. Absolutely not. I think that that is a very important thing to remember. A, God's in control no matter who is president. And B, we should pray for the people who are in our lives who are there as authority figures because they're put there by God. Because they've been ordained by God. And, and thus, praying for them, respecting them, not making fun of them. You can disagree with them, um, even, even adamantly. At the same time, there needs to be um, a measure of respect uh, you know, that was one of the things that I had I had an issue with uh, regards to the way that the left treated Donald Trump is that, that there was no respect for the office itself. Um, I think as Christians, we should lead by example. And um, while we might disagree with, with Joe Biden, at the same time, respect the office in which he occupies, knowing that God is in control of these things. Uh, the first block here is flying. I, I want to go ahead and introduce the topic of today's episode this was a busy week. So not only did today, Wednesday, the 20th, we had uh, the inauguration of a new president, uh, the peaceful transfer of power. But on Monday of this week, it was a, a national holiday um, set aside. I believe it was by Ronald Reagan uh, for the acknowledgement of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., the reason that we have set aside um, you know, one day in January, um, the kids are off of school, federal uh, buildings are closed, banks are closed, is to honor the life and the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., who unquestionably um, was a, a pivotal, seminal figure in the civil rights movement. And that should not be uh, discredited. In fact, that should be celebrated. Um, in addition to just some of the cultural and policy influences that Martin Luther King Jr. Um, was paramount in seeing uh, brought to the forefront of our, of our society, of our culture, um, of our politics. Uh, the way he went about it was also uh, noteworthy and significant, inspired by, at least from uh, the biographies that I've read of Martin Luther King Jr., inspired by um, Mahatma Gandhi and just the belief in um, nonviolent protest uh, Martin Luther King, during a very uh, controversial time in American society, a very uh, polarizing, toxic, let's even say explosive time uh, in American politics, in American society and culture, um, Martin Luther King uh, was able to bring about serious reforms through nonviolent protest. Um, he led marches that were nonviolent. Um, in fact, he had a lot of uh, divergence from um, other leaders of the time like Malcolm X in regards to just the way in which uh, we should bring about social change and he should be celebrated for that. Um, I, I want to kind of build on that though because I have some interesting thoughts. So we're reaching a break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, it is our desire to equip, inspire and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. 
Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. This week was a national holiday. The recognition celebration of a man named Martin Luther King Jr. And I, I just want to be clear right from the beginning, because again, we don't we don't dodge controversy on the Outlaw Radio Show, nor do we dodge um, things that are complex and convoluted. Uh, we we kind of tackle even the hard things. Today's episode is going to take a turn into a bit of controversy. Creighton, you know where it's going. You would say for sure that 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 we're gonna we're gonna ease into some things, right? Yeah, it's gonna get weird. For certain, it's gonna get weird. So, introduce the fact that what, what had got my brain thinking, stirring, contemplating was again really honestly, kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. I was I was in a studio. I was sitting on my couch. My my wife was already asleep. The kids were already down. I was watching the Atlanta Hawks game. Um, again, I live in it. I live outside of Atlanta. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are my basketball team, and it's become tradition on Martin Luther King Day that the Atlanta Hawks um, and the Memphis Grizzlies will play home basketball games. Uh, the reason for the Atlanta Hawks is that Martin Luther King, um, you know, ministered in Atlanta. Uh, his church was in in Atlanta, Ebenezer. Uh, this was his headquarters. Um, and then the reason that there was, uh, there's always a game in Memphis is that's where he lost his life. That's where he was assassinated. Um, for kind of commemoration um, of the moment, the Atlanta Hawks ended up wearing these, and I'll be honest, they were, they were pretty sweet looking. They were MLK jerseys. So they had MLK in big letters. Uh, they did the entire floor, kind of a, a totally different look with the, the, the Hawks logo, stained glass, uh, and kind of the, the lead in. To the basketball game, you know, they had everybody talking about what Martin Luther King meant to them. Uh, they actually, I guess, somebody in the PR sent the Pope um, one of the jerseys that they were going to be wearing, these new jerseys. And, uh, and the Pope, like, christened it. He blessed it, which, again, I thought was kind of weird because Martin Luther King was technically named after Martin Luther, who was the leader of the Protestant Reformation, was a Protestant himself. Anyway, that, that Catholic connection was a little str- a little admittedly strange to me, but, but I'm watching all of this, and, and, and you need to kind of know that on the back end of all of this, like I've studied the life of Martin Luther King Jr. Now, now I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm an expert on his life. I'm not going to say that... that that I know everything that there is to know or claim to be necessarily an authority, but I've read some biographies. I've read some books. I've done research again, just to try to learn more about the civil rights movement, about the, the concepts of, of, of nonviolent protest, which again, to me is one of the things about this particular year that, that or 2020 that struck me as odd is that like Martin Luther King jr. Like his legacy was really not honored at all by BLM. Because Martin Luther King's legacy was that the, the, the best way to enact real change in society was by protesting nonviolently. And we saw the opposite of that. We've seen a lot of violent protest um, in the name of civil rights. Like the one, the one most successful protest we've ever seen in American society was led by Martin Luther King Jr. The other one was Gandhi. And they were both nonviolent protests. There's something about... The, the nonviolent aspect of, of what you're doing, even when you, you then take the punch. You know, Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the, the right cheek, offer them the other one. And that was lived out by Martin Luther King Jr. And what happened through it is that through his persecution and an unwillingness to strike back, he won the hearts of the, of the people that were initially against him. Like the way he handled himself, the way he handled his protest gave weight and validity to the change he was trying to enact. And there's something unique about that, special about that. It's the most successful protest ever, the Civil Rights Act, et cetera. And yet yet BLM and what we saw in 2020 
um, said, to heck with nonviolence. We're going to try to impose our will through violence. And all that does is polarize. You don't win anyone over to your side. People on the other side now feel threatened. And it, it doesn't work. Historically, it doesn't work. Anyway, there are certain things that Martin Luther King Jr. should be celebrated. Celebrated for. I want, I want to leave Martin Luther King Jr. aside for a moment and, and bring into the conversation, if I could, Creighton, a few other ideas that I think will help set the stage for like the overall idea, I'm, the, the mosaic I'm trying to paint. I think that's a very good idea. Context is going to be very key here. Context will be key. So uh, to begin with, and again, just chewing on all of this, you know, it, it, it is, and, and this is kind of a disclosure, um, it is very difficult and Creighton, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's very difficult. I would even say mildly dangerous to judge the past based upon the moral standards of, of the moment. Yeah, and it gets real weird real fast. We, we saw in 2020 a lot of this. You know, the, the, so if you go back to the founding of America and the founding fathers the early leaders, the, the, the thinkers, even some of the clergy. Uh, slavery, even from the beginning, everyone knew was going to be a very controversial thing. Um, it was going to have to be addressed. But in order to create the union, you know, it, it just they had to set it aside one battle at a time. And it led us to a civil war. We had to, we had to reconcile it. We had to deal with it. But at America's founding, uh, there was not the political capital to try to also tackle that issue in regards to like the Bill of Rights, the founding of the Constitution, how we actually create a republic um, of varying states with varying needs coming together, because this is the United States. So it's this federal idea. They had to set slavery aside. And we saw over the course of 2020 that um, there was there was a move, a groundswell within our, our culture saying that the monuments that were um, that that litter our our culture, our courthouses, our public places. That these monuments, any monument that that celebrated, recognized someone that owned slaves or someone that had any association with the Confederacy, that it was the moral imperative of our culture in order to move forward, that they had to be torn down and dismantled. Now. Uh, I'll share my opinion on, on where I stand with that. My, my initial problem was that mob rule is, should not be accepted in our society. Like the idea of, of people going in and tearing down these monuments, these statutes, these statu statues, um, that was wrong. I mean, it's vandalism at that point. Um, there, there should be a debate. There should be a conversation in the public arena. And that the ultimate conclusion um, should be, you know, if the society feels as though that these particular monuments should no longer stand, then they should be removed. That's the will of the people. Um, I, 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 and again, you and I have talked about this. Like, I have a problem with monuments, generally speaking, because they borderline on idols. You know, you, you read through uh, the Bible, you read about, you know, the idolatry of Israel, you read about uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the statues. Like, the idea of us creating any statue to recognize or, quote, deify um, a, a sinful man, it's fraught with problems to begin with. Like, I don't like the idea of monuments to sinful people generally. Right. I mean, it is literally a graven image to someone that is not God, which I think is like the second thing in the Ten Commandments. And, and then the truth is that in a secular society, morality is a moving target. It's something that is constantly evolving. For example, uh, when Barack Obama ran for office, interestingly enough, he was against gay marriage. Um, you know, like he was against gay marriage. Um, at what point will any acknowledgement of, of Barack Obama get torn down as our society continues to progress and any position ever held by an individual aside from the full celebration of homosexuality, will be viewed as an unpardonable sin. Like you can see it, you can imagine, you can envision that time at some point, right? Oh, absolutely. So we, we've been in this society. And again, I qualify all this by saying it's very di difficult to judge the past based upon the standards of today. That being said, let's, let's do this from a Christian perspective. 
So from a Christian perspective, um, I'm not judging the past by the morality of today, which is a moving target in a secular society. I should judge today, yesterday, at any point in the past and the future based upon the moral standards established where, right? In the Bible. In the Bible. The Bible is, is, is the basis of, of our, our morality, our moral standing. And as a result, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upset some people by, by just saying this. I think that there are any, any statue to any person that owns slaves as a Christian, like, I don't care what you've done. You should not be celebrated in our society. You shouldn't be recognized. Now, yeah, that would include Washington, but he was a slave owner. Let's be real about it. Include Jefferson, slave owner. I think there should be more monuments if we're going to do monuments to John Adams because he was one of the guys standing for the abolitionists from the beginning. But you just run out. Lincoln got no problems with Lincoln. Like Lincoln seemed to be a, a good guy, pretty consistent on his positions about these things. Again, it's hard to judge the past with the with the, the morality of today. That being said, slavery was pretty normal back then. But there were still Christian voices saying, this is an abomination, this is a scourge, this is a mark on our character, this should not be celebrated, this should be condemned, and I would agree with that. Looking back, you know, again, Martin Luther King, and this is where we're going to start pivoting, you know, his famous quote was that he dreamed of a day, like I dream a dream, when a man is judged, how? By the content of his character and not the color of his skin. And that's the famous line by the content of his character and not the color of his skin. Now, what's interesting is everyone focuses, when it comes to that iconic statement, on the second half of the statement. Everyone focuses on not judging someone by the color of their skin. In fact, that, that's kind of the preeminent celebration of the statement itself, is you know racial equality. But what people fail to look at, fail to implement, is that the, the full quote is that you you shouldn't judge someone by the color of their skin, but you should judge them how? By the content of their character. And so we'll pick up that thought here on the Outlaw Radio Show. In this day and age that we live in, character is one of the most important things that we can focus on as Christians. And sadly, it seems like every day, Christian leader after Christian leader is being exposed, having been involved in a sinful lifestyle that they'd hidden. Today, Zach and Creighton are talking about the importance of character. They're going to turn a corner in the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show to talk about someone specifically who didn't have the best moral character and yet is celebrated in our culture. Don't go anywhere. Come back for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. Here's Zach and Creighton with more on the importance of character. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you're listening on the radio or on our podcast, I do encourage you, you can, you can watch the recording of this show live. We live stream the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, we do it on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. And there are two ways that you can watch the show. First, you can watch the show uh, on our YouTube channel, outlawradio.live. It's the easiest way to find it, outlawradio.live. Or you can watch on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theradiooutlaw. And one of the fun things, one of the fun aspects about uh, the live stream is that, again, it's live, but it allows, it enables some interaction with the audience. So if uh, in real time you want to submit a question or or comment, provide feedback, uh, you can do so. Uh, Creighton, you kind of act as the gatekeeper, is that correct? Yes, I am currently looking at both YouTube and Facebook for uh, comments and whatnot. And so if it's a good enough question or comment, Creighton might even introduce it on the show as we're doing this um, on the radio. And so, uh, again, very cool. We're employing all kinds of different modes of technology. I should mention that we're trying to gain some better understanding of the audience. Uh, so if you, if you listen on the radio, if you listen on the podcast, if you're watching live, uh, if you would like, uh, we have these really cool stickers, 
uh, of Outlaw Radio, the Outlaw Radio show. We've made up these stickers. We'll send you one for free. Uh, we'll cover the shipping. Um, if you send us an email, info at outlawradio.org, info at outlawradio.org. If you send us an email with your name, address, and again, just how you're listening. If you're listening on the radio, uh, we'd like to know what station. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd like to know what platform you use for podcasting. If you're watching us, uh, we'd like to know if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Again, just trying to get some information. You send us that, we'll send you a sticker, um, and uh, we would appreciate it. Um, Creighton, you kind of, between blocks, brought up, and I think it's, it's, it's related to this larger topic about the content of one's character, not the color of one's skin. Uh, something real sad, right? Yeah, I brought up, uh, just recently I found out about a guy who was what I would describe as a rock star in the apologetics world. Which, you, you can say his name. Oh, Ravi Zacharias. Uh, basically, he, he's really big into teaching people how to defend their faith. Um, and I just recently found out from you, you actually told me this. Um, he died, what, a year ago? Yeah, last um, year. And then shortly after his death, a bunch of uh, accusations came out about his uh, sexual improprieties. So I'll, I'll kind of pick it up there. That was a good segue. So, uh, you know, if you've listened to the show for any period of time, uh, at various points, we will have run um, an ad for the Ravi Zacharias ministry. And, and we did that for free uh, via permission from the ministry, but we ran that free just out of uh, a free plug to a ministry that we admired, a man that we admired, Ravi Zacharias. Um, from my later days in, in high school into college, um, Ravi Zacharias, um, his books made a tremendous impact on my life. Um, it taught me, like he, like he was an example of a Christian um, who was very smart. Um, your, your faith, uh, there could be enough reason to your faith to make your faith reasonable. He taught me that. That you could be smart, that being a Christian didn't mean that you checked your, your brain at the door. Um, you could be an intellectual, be a thinker, uh, challenge norms, and still be a follower of Jesus. And that, that there was logic and, and facts and philosophy. And again, just a brilliant man. He also, just not only through his writings, but the way, so he would, and you could find these YouTube videos, where he would go into secular universities, whether it be Harvard or Oxford or Michigan, Stanford, and he would do these lectures. And then the lecture would be followed by um, a Q&A, and, and Ravi Zacharias, I thought, was a fantastic writer. Uh, not as good of a speaker, but man, when he was in the Q&A, uh, he was in a different, a different element because he had the ability to take a question, uh, refute, refute the question from the question itself without making the questioner feel stupid. Uh, he was able to diffuse even, even the most hardened of atheists or skeptics and then bridge a gap and have a conversation. Again, he was textbook with it. A few years back, I even had the the, the privilege. Um, we, we knew somebody, Creighton and I knew somebody that worked for Ravi Zacharias Ministry, and we got hooked up with some passes to go to a pastor's conference that they, they hosted um, at his headquarters, which is, again, here in Atlanta. He passed away, terrible situation, bad cancer, just tragic way he died. But then soon after his death, again, this happening all last year, uh, there were uh, quite a few immediate reports of uh, sexual improprieties. Um, apparently, without getting into a lot of the details, um, he owned a couple massage parlors and because of chronic back issues, would go get massages and those massages sometimes uh, became inappropriate. Um, immediately, the organization, again, the man's dead when the accusations are surfacing. Uh, the organization, to their cre credit, took, took these things seriously, hired an outside law firm. They really handled it, I thought, in, in the, the most textbook of ways. So we've hired this outside firm. They're going to do a full investigation. Um, and as soon as the, they, they, they complete their report, uh, we will, we will release the report in its entirety, like no editing, no uh, cliff notes, no twisting uh, or spin. We'll release it as it's written. Just give us time to let this investigation happen. Well, towards the end of last year, uh, they got a preliminary report not the not the completed one which i don't think's even come out yet but they got a preliminary report that confirmed at least from 
uh, the, the evidence that was being collected, that there was credence to the accusations. And so, again, to their credit, the ministry came out and said, hey, we've said we weren't going to say anything until the report was released, but we don't want to conceal this. We did get an initial report that seems as though there was some credence, and it was just a really disappointing thing. Um, for anybody that um, was ministered to by Ravi, that admired him, that looked up to him, Crate, I know that you were one of them. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It, it was, it's just kind of a punch to the gut. Like I, I would say that this is, at least for a Christian, uh, a hero of the faith in, in a modern context. You just didn't think, you, you thought his character was above reproach, right? Yeah, I mean, like I know mentally that no one is good, not one, but it hurts to see it. And it hurts, I think, even more when it's kind of post-mortem. <laughs> like when, when... You know, he, again, he died believing that his indiscretions would remain, that, that would die with him, you know, and yet after, after death, his indiscretions become public and, and tarnish kind of his legacy, which is where I want to kind of segue this because, so I'm watching all of the celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. His life and legacy is how it's phrased. I've watched what's happened in American society over the last year uh, where even people that did great things, Washington or Jefferson, because of the fact that it, uh, they own slaves, they should not be celebrated. And the things that they did should be discounted because of their indiscretions. You see, like we've had this whole moral thing, like Washington might have done good things, but because he owned slaves, it doesn't matter that he did good things. He should be erased from American culture, same with Jefferson and others. And again, I can understand that sentiment even from a Christian standpoint. Sure, culturally, owning slaves was not taboo back then, but biblically, it was an abomination. It was wrong. And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be celebrating men that own slaves. It's saying that, you know, it's, it's a blight on the, the character integrity of Robert E. Lee, though I don't think there's, there's any evidence that Robert E. Lee ever owned slaves. But he was the general of the Confederacy. I get it. I understand uh, the sentiment, the, the dynamic. What bothers me, and I guess here's where we're going to begin to to kind of pivot, Creighton. All right, let's do it. So what what bothers me is so we we've lived in this culture where you you are judged by the content of your character, and therefore if you own slaves, you shouldn't be celebrated. But then we have a national holiday commemorating not just the legacy, which again, I think is something that can be admired, but the life of Martin Luther King Jr. When Martin Luther King Jr., who was a reverend, okay? So you gotta, you gotta realize he, was a, he claims to be a Christian. He claims to be a pastor. He got his, you know, Dr. Martin Luther, like what is he a doctor of? He had a PhD in, in systematic theology. He got his doctorate in systematic theology theology of the Bible. So he's got a PhD in the Bible. Uh, he is a Christian. He's a pastor. He pastors a church. He's a Christian leader. And yet, and yet we know for a fact that the man was a serial adulterer. Like his wife knew it. The people around him knew it. He was a serial adulterer. It's, it's been wildly documented. It's not speculation. Um, it is accepted. It is known. The question ends up being like, how many women were there? The guy that in the late 80s won a Pulitzer for a biography he wrote of Martin Luther King that brought some of these things uh, to the forefront. He's written an opinion piece citing recently declassified FBI files, because if you don't know anything about Martin Luther King, he was being investigated by the FBI. Some of the people around him, he was being recorded and taped. I'm running against a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll pick up this thought with the Outlaw Radio Show. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, 
audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. With over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must-visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. is most famous for saying, and again, there's a lot of things that he did in his life that are absolutely admirable. Not just admirable, but you could make the argument commendable. The Civil Rights Act, what, what he did to push the national conversation about social justice and equality, necessary reforms, school integration, the, the way he went about uh, pushing for these reforms and changes, also to be admired, you know, pushing these changes through nonviolent protest. Man, a lesson that that we need to learn even within our, our culture presently and some of the things that we're going through. That there's something about you know enacting change, seeking to influence change nonviolently. That being said, Martin Luther King Jr. is most famous for saying that a man shouldn't should be judged by the content of one's character, not the color of one's skin. And we always emphasize the component of the statement about not judging someone based upon the color of their skin. If you're listening on the radio or through the podcast, you might not know this. If you're watching uh, the live stream, again, Wednesdays at 8 p.m., Creighton, my sidekick, uh, Creighton, you happen to be um, a different color of skin than I am, right? Well, yes, I've been black for almost 28 years now. For, for just about your entire life, you've been an, an, an African-American. You've been a black man. Yes. And, and there are a lot of differences between uh, the way uh, that you perceive the world, the way that you grew up, the way that I did. And, and we've had those conversations. It's a wonderful thing and, and in a lot of ways. And again, I'm not saying that our society has achieved the, the end of the dream. But, but we, I think, all repel the idea of, of people being judged by the color of their skin. I think it's a shame that, that, that we are... We're doing that in other ways within our society, but that's a topic for another show. The part of the statement that gets buried is that Martin Luther King Jr. did say that you should judge someone by the content of their character. Now, you know what? I I don't have a a lot of negative things to say about Bill Clinton and his particular indiscretions. Uh, He's not a Christian. I don't know if he claimed to be a Christian or not. I don't see him as a Christian. And as a result, like secular people got to do what secular people do. Like, you know what I mean, Creighton? Like, I'm not going to hold secular people to a particular Christian ethic. Right. They're not our problem until they claim to be Christians. And then they are our problem. My problem with like, for example, what we talked about in the last block with Ravi Zacharias is that this, this is a Christian. Like, how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with the disappointment? Because there was so much good. Uh, that the man accomplished in his life, so much influence. So many people are, are believers, followers of Jesus because of his ministry, but you can't detach the reality that his indiscretions tarnish his legacy. They tarnish, like his, his character lapses, tarnish the way he's viewed or celebrated to the fact that like I don't think he should be celebrated. Like When I first found out about all this, I... I, I Emailed Josh Brown, his production said, please make sure that the Ravi Zacharias ad is, is ghosted. It's a shame, but his legacy is tarnished. He's not someone that we should celebrate. Um, not to say that Christians who fall into sin, even pastors, that there isn't a road to recovery, that God still can't use them. Did a whole episode with Tolly and Shivajan about this very topic. Uh, again, when somebody is caught in an indiscretion and they ad- admit it, own it, repent of it, There is a path towards reconciliation. My problem with Martin Luther King Jr. is, again, he is a Christian, a pastor, a PhD in systematic theology, and was an absolutely deplorable husband. He was a serial adulterer. Again, the guy that kind of wrote the seminal biography, according to FBI tapes, again, he was for about seven years, um, they had bugs in his hotel rooms. I won't share some of the more outlandish things, but but it's estimated that he could have had up to 40 different 
uh, affairs um, that there are recordings allegedly, and again, I say allegedly, but the source seems to be credible, of him participating in orgies with other pastors, of just grotesque, again, what I would say, discrediting indiscretions. Again, what's, what's interesting is I saw a lot of pastors, again, on this particular holiday, celebrating the life and legacy of MLK, pastors, you know, issuing videos, making statements um, about, you know, this man and his life, um, who would never, ever, ever, ever invite a man to speak at their church because of their moral indiscretions. Again, it's a shame that Martin Luther King Jr. lost his life before these things became uh, more, more publicly known. Maybe the man would have had the opportunity to have repented publicly um, of, of redeeming himself, of, of being on a path of reconciliation, of, of working on his marriage, that, that that aspect of his life might have been more consistent later on. But he was not given that opportunity in much the same way as Robbie Zacharias. And what I see just culturally, and here's kind of the big, the big point, Creighton, is we've had an entire year of the liberal left saying we need to tear down these monuments because of their character. It doesn't matter what they did. Founding the country, setting the precedent of, uh, of, of us not having a king and this uh, peaceful transfer of power, which is what Washington did, or the, 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 the establishment of, of federalism, uh, the decentralizing of our government, Jefferson, uh, brilliant writers, brilliant thinkers. Our country wouldn't exist without them. And yet, because they own slaves, we should tear down their monuments. I understand the point. So we've had a whole year where we've been tearing down such monuments um, because it doesn't matter what you did because your character disqualifies you from us celebrating that reality. But then we have a national holiday completely dedicated to celebrating a man who, as far as I can tell, was a, a despicable human being in regards to his character, that his character didn't live up to the persona that he presented. Yes, Martin Luther King Jr., I, I got to say it again, did some great things, some things that should be admired, that should be commended. But should the man himself be celebrated? Should his life be celebrated? I don't think so. In fact, if, if, we, if we just take and carry forth the same litmus test that's been established by society and how we're supposed to, to handle these things by the same, yes, he didn't own slaves, but he was an adulterer. And as a Christian, I'll be consistent. We shouldn't have monuments at all, probably, but we shouldn't have them to celebrate slave owners. I don't care what you did. And you know what we, we also probably also shouldn't do is celebrate Martin Luther King's life because he was an adulterer and he claimed to be a Christian and a pastor. And that discredits you from the ministry. Again, again there just seems to be so, so much hypocrisy. Again, this gets me thinking about, and again, this will, will be other shows, but you know, we celebrate America as Christians. But how was America founded? America was founded through revolution. Creighton, why did we revolt against England? Taxes. Taxation without representation, which according to the Bible, I don't think is a justifiable reason for revulsion. Nope. No, we were supposed to give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Right. And render to God what is God. So as even as Christians, like we celebrate America and like the, the great founding, but but... Again, let's go back. If you were a Christian during the revolution, uh, did you have a justifiable reason to take up arms against Britain? I don't think you did biblically. Again, we got we got to take a step back. I think as Christians and start processing these things um, with with more consistency. Creighton, you're a black man. I didn't cross the line, did I? No, I don't think so. I think that MLK is kind of a terrible human being. Like, I think that any time we start getting the the word you used yesterday, which I don't think you actually used on the show, was deification. The deification, which I agree with. Yes. We have kind of deified MLK. And I think that's a mistake 100% of the time. 100% of the time, all the time. Like, if we're going to deify anyone, maybe it should be Jesus. Like, I, I had someone, and Creighton, say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everyone. I'll close with this thought. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, he, and I was like, why did you honor MLK, a pastor friend? And he was like, well, because he was paramount in bringing about social justice. And I was like, so why don't celebrate Jesus instead? Because mm. there would be no social justice without Jesus. So if we're going to deify someone, eh, why not just do Jesus? So thanks for being with me, Creighton. You've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Watch the recording of our show live, outlawradio.live. 
Find out all of our contact information, outlawradio.org. Again, outlawradio.org. Once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me again this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. been listening to the one and only outlaw radio show with zach adams as mentioned if you like what you heard be sure to connect with us on facebook follow us on twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org to listen again to today's show access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes check out the outlaw radio podcast available on both itunes and google play Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.